You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Stitcher, Alexa, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter here with y'all on this Thursday day after game three of the NBA finals which as I'm recording I think is almost tied right now after the Cavs were up double digits to start the game and all of a sudden it's not that case anymore LeBron had that absurd off the backboard to himself dunk which should be two points and an assist and a made shot so it's doing everything for them and it's still not good enough we're not going to talk about the finals you guys are watching them you can see what's going on there and it's very obvious so Instead, I want to talk a little bit more about DeMarcus Cousins. Yesterday, we talked about the interest that the Dallas Mavericks might have and why they maybe just, it's not as hot as I think some people want to make it out to be. I want to focus on something about DeMarcus Cousins, though, and re-signing with the Pelicans and the different kinds of contracts you might see from him. We're not going to dive deep into any of them, but I want to kind of throw out an idea that a lot of people are putting out there as their ideal dream scenario. And yeah, it's an ideal dream scenario, and it's laughable to me. So we'll talk about that, kind of really look at that, and a couple other things when it comes to the Pelicans and free agency. I can give you maybe a brief overview of the cap on certain things as well. So quick, short, straight to the point podcast today here on Locked On Pelicans. So let's talk about DeMarcus Cousins and this upcoming free agency a little bit. Again, we're, we're a ways away from free agency, and I don't want to blow all the stuff I have for this way too early because we got to save it for when we're closer, when the timing's a little bit better. But one thing I found almost laughed, laughable, really, is what a lot of people are throwing out there, and you're going to start seeing this, and you've seen it already, where people say, you know, yeah, the ideal, my dream scenario for New Orleans and Cousins is to sign him to a two-year team option deal. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, the the dream scenario is the best scenario for the team that you're a fan of. It's not the most realistic one though. So, you know, I posed it to my locked on Pelicans team here in our group chat. And I said, why would DeMarcus cousins at all accept a team option versus say just a two year deal? If you're him, you'd rather sign a two year deal versus a two year deal with a team option at the end of it. And basically it's just saying, okay, so you take below you know, a below market deal for what you were expecting on two years. And then if you outperform it, you're locked in for that cheap third year because the team's going to pick that up. Or if you're bad, they're going to cut you. So why the hell would you accept, you know, at that point, you may as well take a two-year deal where at the very least you can say, okay, well, I've outplayed it. Now I'm due for my big contract or if you're bad, you know, it ends and it do- it doesn't matter. And there's no downside then because you're not at least locked it. You haven't over- outperformed it and then you get locked in for a, a lesser amount than what you'd be worth. Also, coming off everything, you have to figure that DeMarcus Cousins is going to want that long-term deal sooner rather than later. Right now, it's all about 
long-term financial stability here, which is getting that long-term deal and locked in money. He might not get that now. It might be two-year deals that everyone offers him coming back off of this injury, which again, makes sense for the teams to do so, but you'd much rather have four years versus two. So if you accept a two plus one deal and that plus one is a team option, well, then you're, you're one extra year away from, say, getting a four-year deal, something like that. So there's no great scenario here for him, but I just laugh when people are saying, yeah, I'd love it if he signed a two plus one. Well, of course, you're a fan of the team. That's what everyone wants, but that's not what's going to happen. So when you think about that and you read these things out there and we get closer to free agency, that doesn't happen. Don't get mad at anyone because it was never really going to be on the table to begin with. So we're going to do a quick reset here, and then I'll talk about the type of contracts that you might expect to see and why he might sign certain different types of deals. But before I get to that, make sure you're listening to Locked On NBA Daily, Monday through Friday with a rotating cast of hosts. And of course, you guys know I'm on there every Wednesday alongside John Corrales of the Locked On Celtics podcast, where we have a lot of fun. We really dove into the Colangelo thing, finally, which I've wanted to do for so long on yesterday's podcast. So make sure you listen to that if you haven't. It'll also get you up to speed on the NBA Finals. And as we get closer towards the draft and free agency, you're going to get deep dives from everyone talking about who their team's going to be drafting, who their teams might be signing and all of that. And then if any big story breaks or happens, we cover it right there. Usually the next day, it's the best way to keep up with what's going on around the association. So make sure you listen daily to locked on NBA. So there is one scenario we've determined that cousins might sign an, a deal with a team option. And that's where if the team maybe gives him a little bit more money than he would have gotten otherwise on the first two years of that contract, say instead of, let's pick an arbitrary number of 27 million a year, they give him 30 million a year for the first two years, something like that. Or if you, you know, maybe it would have been 23 million, but you're going to give him 25, 26 million in those first two years with the team option. So you overpay him up front. There's more risk for the team there, but less risk for the team on the back end of it. And it kind of evens out that way. So I think that's maybe one of the biggest reasons why he might do it. And it's really the only reason. But to me, there's no real reason why he would sign with a team option because there's only downside to him for that. And there's only upside for the team. And that's just not how things really you want it to go if you're an NBA player who's trying to make money. So there are some ways, though, you could structure if we're looking at a three-year deal for it to be interesting. You can do an incentive-laden contract if he plays a certain amount of minutes in... in so. Let me, let me backtrack. You do a partial guarantee for the third year. Say he's making $25 million, $27 million in the second year of the deal. And then you have the third year partially guaranteed for, I don't know, $14, 15000000 million, something like that. Similar to what the Pelicans did where, with Omer Ashik, just for far less money. Maybe it's guaranteed for $10 million. That way, if the team doesn't really want him around or he hasn't been good, you can cut him and he still gets paid his $10 million that year, plus he can then go and sign with another team. So you buy him out, he can go make his money or do whatever, and at least if he isn't good for those first two years, he's getting some money on the third year when he wouldn't get it otherwise. And then there's upside for the team to then just say, pick up that option. It fully guarantees for $30 million if he does and he's good, and that's kind of how it goes. So that's a way to do it that I think makes sense for both sides. You could also just do it based off incentives. If he plays a certain amount of minutes in year one and year two or just year two or whatever, you can then have it fully guarantee that contract or guarantee that contract, or he earns a significant portion of his money through incentives, 
things like that, which maybe then still safeguards the Pelicans should he not be good and should not come back. So I think that's kind of a big thing there for him and ways you could structure this that's going to be fair for both sides. Now, Cousins isn't going to want that, and you have to figure if that's what the Pelicans are offering, he's going to look hard at other teams and maybe consider taking a two- or three-year deal somewhere else if he's pissed and upset with what the Pelicans are doing or if they just offer him more money even if he's not in a better situation. It easily could come down to that and that could be a big thing. So you're going to start seeing some things soon. If Cousins bolts, where does it leave the Pelicans? I'm going to tell you right now, it does not leave the Pelicans in a good situation. You guys know that if he leaves, you can't just then have 15 million, 18 million, 20 million to spend in free agency. Doesn't work like that. The Pelicans are over the soft cap. Soft cap's projected to be at, say, 101 million. If Cousins walks and you take out Rondo's deal and, oh, and, um, blank, and Ian Clark's deal, there we go, those are the free agents this team has. They are left with about $3 million in cap space. They're like right around like $98 million or so. You know, these are rough estimates. I'm not looking at my spreadsheet right now. But basically, if Cousins walks and those other guys are left, you've got $3 million in cap space, which gives you zero ability to do anything. So the Pelicans are going to be faced with a choice should Cousins immediately leave of, do you operate as an above-the-cap team or a below-the-cap team? And we've talked about this in years past. When you're over the cap, you're actually going to have more than $3 million to spend through exceptions, the mid-level, the non-taxpayer, different things like that, versus if you were a cap room team where you would only just have that $3 million and that's really it. So not an ideal situation. They don't have any way to replace Cousins. Cousins knows this. He's going to use that to leverage everything he can. If this team wants to keep talent and people on the team, they're going to just need to re-sign him and they might have to overpay to do it, particularly if they really feel that he might go because it just doesn't give them any way to improve this team. And some talent's better than no talent, particularly because you're going to be over the cap for the remaining number of years anyway. So it doesn't really matter as much. You kind of remember that that Omer Ashik deal never really prevented the team from doing much because every year they would have had like four or five million in cap space and that's it anyway. It wasn't the end of the world. So that's kind of where they stand with this and why, yes, they want to try and give him a team-friendly contract because it's better for the team. There's leverage on his side that he will be using come opening night of free agency that the Pelicans need to prepare themselves for. And they need to maybe start thinking about how they've got to get creative for life without DeMarcus Cousins. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Like I said, you guys, quick, easy, straight to the point podcast. Cousins is not going to really want a team option on there. Let's not even waste time talking about that. Yes, it's the ideal scenario, but let's not put it out there like this is what they should be trying to do because he's just going to straight up say no to anything like that. And he does have a little bit of leverage on his side that doesn't involve Instagram and stupid crap like that that so enjoy the nba finals game from last night if you watched i'm not sure how this is going to end up okay you got cleveland up six we got about six minutes seven minutes to go left in the second they got a chance in this their shooters play better at home and we'll see i'm not sure if we're going to do a podcast on friday or not we'll see if anything comes up maybe i want to just get on here and talk about the colangelo situation and a couple of other things going on around the league as a whole as well and as always if there's topics you guys want to know about let me know on twitter at nola jake as always, I'm the host of Locked On Pelicans, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all next time.